And welcome back to the Turnbuckle presented by Bruiser Nation Productions. Right here on Heel Turn Wrestling, we are also cross-posting on Score On Air Network, where we are, we are proud alumni, proud alumni. Uh, and we, of course, are on our own personal to the Turnbuckle Facebook page. Give us a like, give us a share. Uh, we, we, we greatly appreciate that if you would take the time to do so. We want to grow this thing. We can only grow this thing as much as you will allow us to. So please give us a like, give us a share. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right, let's talk Monday Night Raw. Damn it. All right. So, Chevy's okay. Fine. Damn it. Raw. Son of a. Rip out the script. Okay. WWE Champion Big E. Uh, he faced Bobby Lashley to kick off the show. That ended in a no contest. The Hurt Business has magically gotten back together with no explanation whatsoever. Not that I'm upset they're back together, but Cedric and Shelton were having serious uh, gal pal problems last I last I heard and saw. You know, uh, thank God that means I don't have to hear any more of those. If I have to hear Cedric say Shelton one more time. I just might go take a jog. Shelton! God, it's miserable. <laughs> it's miserable. It's miserable. So, Mr. Napper, what do you think of the Hurt Business being back? And then what do you think in the main event? Big E defeated Bobby Lashley in a steel cage match. We'll talk about Big E's Next challenge in just a moment, but for now, let's talk about the Hurt Business coming on back and the main event itself. Lay it on me right now. Look at you. Beautiful with that championship title. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, as far as the Hurt Business being back, minus the fact that we have no idea why or how in the absolute hell they got back together, even though I presented a theory to you through the uh, interwebs, on one Facebook Messenger. Very credible. And, uh, I, you know, I, I gave them a, an, an easy out. I, I figured they would maybe run with it. They did not. I was kind of looking forward to being a fortune teller on the show today, but sadly they did not run with my idea. Uh, but I know there's an easy way to tie this in. They could just say that MVP made some phone calls and wants to get the band back together and... Blah, 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 and now we're all friends again, even though Bobby beat the shit out of him, and why in the hell they would help him after all that, I have no idea. Pretty sure I wouldn't help anybody that just beat me from pillar to post, like, a couple months ago. But time heals all wounds. Sometimes. Understandable. Yes, it does. Some a little bit quicker than I expected. <sighs> I don't. I love the hurt business being back because I honestly thought it showed it never broken up in the first place. I think we can all agree with that. We never thought that should have happened. We all complained about it. I'm glad they're bringing it back. Um, but if he gets a title, hopefully this is not the end of the hurt business again. Keep it. Keep them together, even if he wins a flipping title, please. Um, I, I don't like this idea that he needs them just because he doesn't have a title now. Because that's kind of what it feels like. Like he needs the Hurt Business just because he doesn't have a title again. But, like you pointed out, or like Jason pointed out, he's so much better now as a chaser. Because he's got that anger again. So, I'm okay with it. As far as the match, the first match they had, I thought was pretty good. I really did. 
Uh, even with, like, you know, sometimes I don't necessarily like it when they include somebody else in the match. I just kind of want to see the match start to finish. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. But I didn't think it took away from it, and it obviously, with the surprise of the her business being back, added to it. And then we got the steel cage match. That was brutal. That was a good match. I kind of wish, like, I, I get it. We're setting up probably for New Day versus the Hurt Business, but. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Maybe like the Bruce Cruise podcast. Then I have to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And the best part, it's free. That's right, free. Anchor sports a plethora of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast for you. So your voice and experience can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. One of the coolest parts, you have the option to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started that's anchor.fm to get started on your podcast today i'd have been okay if neither one of those two teams showed up that in that match i because to me it's like well then why the hell did we put them in a steel cage if you still can't keep them from interfering in the match like at some point we've got to add credibility to the steel cage please it's supposed to keep people out if they keep getting in I wouldn't be surprised if we get another rematch next week on Raw. I wouldn't either. Because uh, they got to fight against Monday Night or Monday Night Football. Yeah, Monday Night Football Plus. Which, to be honest, they didn't really have to go all that out because the ma- the game really wasn't that great. Well, the ratings are in. Uh, the ratings are in for Monday Night Raw. And this week drew yes. an average of 1.709 million viewers on the USA Network. This is down 4.68% from last week. So... This this episode drew a 0.48 rating in that key 18 to 49 demographic. I know you, McCarthy, you're watching that number and seeing if AEW can top it. <laughs> <clears throat> Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. So that was down from last week's 0.49. So even though the football game was crappy, it was still down. I think we get another rematch next week. I, I do, and, and because... I think it was crappy because every other match was kind of... Like, it, that's not a bad rating. Like, it's no, not, it's that's not. not. That's not horrible. That's not record low. Like, there was... there Towards the, uh, you know, about the last two months of the pandemic, we were getting in the 1.4, 1.5 range. But, I mean, if you so, really look at the card, and, like, well, obviously we're going to break it all down, but if you really look, at, really look at the card, we had two of the same match in the same night. We had a rematch... Basically, from Extreme Rules with the Sheamus and Damian Priest match, and obviously, and actually, a rematch from SummerSlam. Um, and then you had AJ Styles and Riddle, which we have all we all said last night. Can we stop getting this match for the fifteenth hundred time? And I don't understand. Um, and I'm going to come to McCarthy here for his thoughts on the match, but but and I'll talk more about this in a moment. But look, so what we want about Goldberg, but we know he's a draw. We know he has a draw. And why wouldn't you at least announce he's going to cut a promo on this show? I, I don't understand that at all. That's a good uh, point. You know, I'm saying that might have gotten, you know, a, a few more people to go, well, let me try to plan that around my football watching. Mr. McCarthy, thoughts on the main event? Thoughts on the Hurt Business being back? 
Thoughts on those numbers? Are you happy as an AEW fan? Because I know you want to see them top in the demo one more time. I know you do. We've picked our sides in this war. What'd you think of the main event? What do you think of the herb business being back? Lay your thoughts on me, sir. You're looking dead sexy. Why, why thank you, sir. Um, I would have to say, let's start with the herb business first. I am thrilled that they're back together. And I, I think we've had this conversation on this show before. Sometimes dudes just gotta get in a fight and let time, as Travis said, heal all wounds. And then we can just hang out again. It happens. And I'm glad it happened because, like we said, Hurt Business never should have broken up. The main event was fantastic. It's, I'm, I'm worried, though, that they're going to start overexposing these two teams. So we saw it, it, I think it worked last night. They bookended the show. It worked perfectly. Got you hyped for the beginning of Raw. Kept people glued in to watch the main event. But I worry that WWE will go back to this well again and again and again because even with the at the tail end of Raw with what happened, which we'll talk about in a second, there's money to be made with this feud, but we can't bookend these six guys all the time. A promo here and there and then lead to a main event, sure. But if they're all over the TV, it's going to be a problem. Like Because it was perfect, almost. They had the opening segment. Then halfway through Raw, Bobby Lashley got that gave that impassioned promo. And then we got that one hell of a cage match main event. I think it all worked very well. But they had to be very careful. Because they didn't. the Hurt Business and the New Day didn't need to be out there in the cage match. Like Travis said, the cage match is supposed to keep people out of it gee who does that right aw um but um anyway <laughs> but yeah no i thought it was great <laughs> now if only they could do a hell in a cell right yeah war they games. haven't done a hell in a cell go take a fall all right oh war game sorry that was blood and guts okay Anywho, anywho, you're unnecessary. We'll get to AEW. I got I got it just for you in this last hour. We'll talk all of Grand Slam Part 1, 2, 3, and 4. All right. It was a lot. <laughs> we will talk all about it. I watched every bit of AEW programming this week. I have opinions. My first opinion, and there's a preview for later, worst GTS in history. Okay. Anywho. Wow, he says one bad thing about Hulk Hogan and you turn on it. Was, it was a rough one. I'm just saying. We'll go back and look at the footage. Anywho, we'll talk about it. Do you think, Mr. McCarthy, that we get a rematch for the WWE Championship this upcoming Monday on Raw because the steel cage clearly didn't do its job? Because the simple solution would have been to barb them both from ringside. I don't think we do. I think we're already moving on. I think Bobby Lashley stays in the background of the title scene. He's not going anywhere. But as we saw at the end of Raw, man, Drew McIntyre came out. He hadn't been on Raw for a couple of weeks. Could it be but that the... I have, one, I have one request. One simple request. Because you can't turn Big E. Can we turn in Drew? Can we see heel Drew again? Because he was a great face. Don't get me wrong. But he's always been better as a heel. So can we have, like, vicious, mean, angry Drew McIntyre? Either way, he's better than Kenny Omega. 
That's so egregious. That's so accurate is what it is. No, you're wrong. Could it be that we're sending potentially the Hurt Business to SmackDown? No. SmackDown versus the Bloodline, anybody? Uh, We're not doing that. Not yet. Why Look at number three on your rundown. Yeah, that's true. But he can do that on SmackDown. If if Goldberg goes to SmackDown, USA is going to quit. I don't think Goldberg is anywhere. He's on wherever he wants because he's freaking Goldberg. Yeah, but USA's got nothing. Like, so we can all we disagree on Goldberg's ability, but we don't disagree on Goldberg's name value. So if, if Goldberg is now also on SmackDown, USA is gonna be like, "Hey, what do we get? Hey, who we like? Who do we get? And like, are you calling Taker because we don't have anybody? You get Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, that'll put butts in the seats. Um, all right, speaking of Goldberg, let's talk about it. Goldberg plans to make Bobby Lashley his next victim. Think about it. Bobby I'm, su- I'm surprised he didn't say another phrase that they're. Liking to say on WWE television lately. I mean, he, he's threatening to kill this man. He should borrow Jey Uso's shirt. He ain't nobody snitch. Right. <laughs> so, he's threatening to kill this man. Bobby Lashley's going to go from being champion to to beating Goldberg under some controversial circumstances to losing to Big E in a steel cage match to almost certainly losing to Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. And yet we just said he's doing the best work of his career, or at least of this last couple months. You're doing a great job, Bob. Go ahead and take this spear from Bill. (laughs) I got to tell you, I was thrilled with this promo, McCarthy. I was thrilled. It was way more entertaining than I've seen anything Kenny Omega do. It was actually one of the better wow. promos. Do you Goldberg's watch Omega matches with your eyes closed? Because I'm confused. He said He's promo. One of the top five wrestlers Pro- in the world. He look, said anything. Promos. Pro- anything look, Kenny Omega, Omega sucks at promos. He sucks he at promos. He look. He sounds like Vince has been scripting him. I mean, you said uh, anything. You said anything. He does well, not look, just promos. You said anything. Well, look. Who, who's more likely to get recognized walking down the street? Big Bill Goldberg or Kenny Omega? In this country. I know in Japan, Kenny Omega's a big deal. He's a big deal here. Uh, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a big executive of a company that can book himself as a big deal. He was a big deal in Japan. That transitions to over here. He doesn't need to be an executive to be a star. Yeah, he's a star. He doesn't need, And he doesn't need to be a kiss-ass, no-talent former football player to be a star either. I don't think I don't think that no-talent is fair. I mean, you, you, to be... I think it's 100% fair. Well, because, no, Goldberg's not a great wrestler. Yeah, I don't think that's fair either. Yeah, but to say he has no talent, I don't think that's fair. He has enough talent to, at least in the oh, prime, it's, to pull it's, off the, It's not fair to say that about Bill Goldberg, idea. but it's fair to say it about Kenny Omega, one of the top five Omega wrestlers no of the talent. entire hey, world. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We've never said he doesn't have any talent. We just said people had more talent than he does. More charismatic, specifically. Right. We Pe- never said he was bad in the ring. People do have better promos I, I, than him, but you can't deny how good he stuff. is. What did you say, Jason? I said, yes, there are wrestlers that can cut better promos than Kenny Omega, but you cannot deny how good he is. And Goldberg is one of them. No, you're just wrong. That wasn't that even a good promo last night. 
There was no emotion at all in that promo. If someone did that to my kid, I'd be talking like this right now in a promo. Like, get serious. That was the most monotone promo Bill Goldberg has ever given. And he's given quite a few monotone promos. I don't think it was monotone. It, it, it was, was supposed to be intense. It, 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 it was more it of a Jake Roberts-esque promo. But it, I'm not going to say it was as good as Jake's promos. But I got that vibe. Like, I'm not going to scream at you. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm just going to tell you that I'm going to kill you. Spear jackhammer bowl game. Saudi Arabia. What's up, bro? Like, it was, like I, I get what you're saying, Jason, but I, I do think that there was some emotion in there. It just wasn't like, I'm going to rip him, like, rah! It wasn't, he wasn't angry, angry, he, but he was seething on the inside. Well, he probably didn't have enough time to figure out how to be angry, because apparently he got told 20 minutes before the show started. I'm just going to assume that based on the fact they didn't promote it. <laughs> it did look like he was crying, though. Like, his eyes were, like, Almost shut the entire promo. I thought that was weird. It's probably like, these lights are bright, bro. Take them out of my house. Take them out of my house. <laughs> From experience, I can attest to yeah. they are very bright. Yeah. So, anywho, Goldberg cut that promo. and See, I love Goldberg. I, I, I'm excited to see Goldberg in Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. But I hate, hate that Lashley's about to lose to him. For nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I would almost rather him lose the title because going from losing the title to Goldberg to be, you know what I mean? It's been a lot of losses where if Goldberg was the one loss, I think you can kind of recover from that. Uh, You know, I'm not, we can debate all day long whether Goldberg should have a title again in his life. Probably not. But I'm saying if all of a sudden, loss, 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 and then, oh, Goldberg squashed him too because the problem with this and I know you can say this about any time a Goldberg or an Undertaker beat somebody, but especially after what feels like a row of losses, if you will, what do you do with Bobby Lashley when Goldberg's going to go back home to Texas, I assume, after the Saudi show? What, you know, how, do you, how do you rebuild Bobby Lashley? Because if you take one loss to Goldberg for the championship, not the end of the world. You lose to Big E, and then you lose to so-and-so, and then you lose to so-and-so, and then you lose to Goldberg. Man, it feels like, why? Does that make sense, McCarthy? It does. Like, it, the, there's so nothing. What do you do with, like, let's behind, assume. Like, I get they're trying to tell a different kind of story, so I, I, I'll give them props for that. What was the last, I don't think there's been a personal storyline that Goldberg has been involved in in a long time. It's not just about titles, so I give everybody credit for that one. But you're you're on point with that. It's like, th- how much damage could this do to what Bobby Lashley has been able to accomplish this past year? Because the one thing people always talk about the Fiend, and I know we disagree heavily on who won that match in Saudi, and I respect that. I do, but that was like the one major loss he took. He pretty much recovered from it, really. And and if he didn't recover from it, that was more bad booking decisions after where three, four, five straight losses for Bobby Lashley before he gets to the almighty Goldberg just to get probably spear a piss-poor jackhammer and ball game uh, because I don't know how you're going to get Bobby Lashley up for the jackhammer at this stage of his career, but go ahead and try. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, go ahead and try. I'm not going to do it, but all right. I thank you. Um, so, I don't... Are we seeing the downfall of Bobby Lashley? 
I hope not. Honestly, I I feel like he needs to win in Saudi. I hate to say I know this, it's asking a lot, but I think he should win. win. But as an analyst of the business, as somebody that loves it, I agree. Like, I'm going to be happy either way it goes, which is never how it works for me in a Goldberg match. Usually I'm like, damn it, Goldberg needs to win. But now I'm like, man, if Goldberg wins, it's kind of crappy because Bobby Lashley's been there and Goldberg is not there. And damn it, let's do a guy right. Like, at least if you're going to take the loss to, to Goldberg, get a bunch of wins beforehand. Instead, it feels like he's getting... Feels like he's jumping off a cliff, getting hit all the rocks on the way down, and then oh, when you get to the water, there's the big shark, and that's Goldberg, and he's gonna eat you afterwards. It's awful. It's really, really awful. It's all right. I still like Goldberg. Um, one more year so far, guys. One more year. Twenty twenty two. That's contract. Two more matches. Yay! Looking forward to that. All right. United States Champion Damian Priest defeated Sheamus in a no DQ match. No DQ, no countouts match. <laughs> because that needed to be clarified. When's the last time we saw a countout in a no DQ match? I'm telling you, Vince, go back and watch the Attitude Era. When you had DQ matches, there was no countout. Jesus, you had Peacock, might as well use it. If the owner of the company doesn't get like a free Peacock prescription after giving up his whole network, his whole library, that would be some bull. Uh... Here's another match that I'm hoping I don't see again for a while. I'd like to see Jeff Hardy get a shot one more time at Damian Priest. But why not put Sheamus back in the world title picture? Or send him to SmackDown for the Intercontinental Championship picture? Or hell, send him to SmackDown to challenge Roman Reigns? I mean, Sheamus versus Roman Reigns at TLC in December would be a a slam banger. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Holy ass kick, Batman. Holy shut up and take my buddy, Batman. And there's already the story. Because Sheamus got the big win on Roman Reigns. Remember? Way back. Sheamus like 515, wasn't it? Wasn't that it? He made a few t-shirts off that. Wasn't it like 515? All right, stop making noise. McCarthy, am I right? Wasn't that it? Sheamus 515 says, I just broke kicked your arse. I think it was. Let yeah. me let me go so, over to this handy dandy laptop and find out. So that's your story right there, and we can have them headline like the December paper you heading into the rumble. And if if you don't want to see Sheamus versus Roman for like twenty five minutes in a TLC match, turn off the channel. Cause they would kick the living crap out of each other. Just my thought. All right. Yes, sir. You are correct. Seamus 515. Seamus 515 says, I just broke trick your arse. Yes. There's the stories there. Because he'd be like, I handled the tribal chief. I put him down. You're still the same guy. You just have Paul Heyman and a different music. What a story. Any thoughts on this match number? Why I started typing that and Google was like, TLC trying to predict what I was trying to type in. So maybe Google knows something we don't. Good job, Google. Did Vince tell Google? He sold the company to Google now. He sold us out to Google. That's it. Right now we're in bed with Saudi princes. Google. Next thing you know, Zuckerberg's going to cut a promo on Raw. Oh, Christ. Thoughts on the match? 
I was kind of disappointed that we got more of an extreme rules match in this match than we did at the pay-per-view. What the hell? At least the pay-per-view matches are the triple threat. We know those can have be are no DQ. Why the hell did we not get kendo sticks and tables and everything in that match? I was kind of pissed. A little bit. But this was a good match. Good match. I'm with you. I don't want to see this match again for a long, long time. Same thing with the New Day and the Street Profits. Please, God, make it stop. Which is another reason why I'm very excited for the draft. Because hopefully we can get some of these freaking feuds to end. And ship people off to others, other brands. I almost said other stores. But other brands so we can get rid of some of these feuds. And get fresh new faces, fresh new stories into the mix. I agree with you. I would like to see Jeff Hardy get another shot and maybe even get a win. But this story with Sheamus, it doesn't make any sense. Sheamus should have been in the title picture like two months ago. And he's been relegated to this. Just continuously fighting for the U.S. title. And... I don't know if they're just biding time until McIntyre takes the title off him again, and then they rehash that one more time, which I'm okay with if they want to do that. But at least give Sheamus another story besides the same old hashed out, I'm going to fight Damian Priest because he stole me gold. Like, no. This is going to sound like, I I know that most people are going to go pitchfork here. But honest to God, I'm starting to think that Dodie needs to bring back a TV title. Yeah, to, to give to give the guys you like. Well, all right, he's been in the U.S. title, but he's not quite there for the, the main event. Like, why not have it? Why not do what AEW is doing with the TNT Championship? It's great knowing that week in week out, you're almost going to get defended. That's great. It's fantastic. Why not? And and don't be like, well, they, they have so many belts. Yeah, they have they have a they have a oodles of belts. Oodles. But what's one more? I mean, they could turn the twenty four seven championship into that, but they've turned it kind of into a little bit of a joke. A little bit. <laughs> a little try- bit. I was trying to be nice. That's fair. fair. All right. Let's talk uh, AJ Styles defeating Raw Tag Team Champion Riddle. Yes, more of this. Mr. McCarthy, thoughts on this match? Dude, this match was legit. This is exactly kind of what we needed as as an in-between between the the U.S. title and the Steel Cage match where we had good, solid wrestling from two awesome professional wrestlers and the right guy went over with his finisher, AJ Styles, with the Styles Clash, turning that corner, becoming the phenomenal AJ Styles once again. Not that he ever stopped being it, but we talked about it earlier. This losing streak was getting very detrimental to the aura of the phenomenal AJ Styles. So thrilled to see a W. Hopefully it's the first of many, many, many more. Thoughts, Snapper? I was excited. I love that they finally gave him a win. I was with the rest of you that I was getting kind of sick and tired of seeing him lose because it doesn't really do anything. It does nothing for any of the stories that they're really doing because, you know, yeah, you've brought this up with legends, but it definitely rings true for guys that are, you know, 
he's obviously a soon to be legend and probably soon to be Hall of Famer. But he's not a part timer. But he's right. He's yeah. not a part timer. He's not a legend, so to speak. Uh, he's so it's the same bit where it's like if you keep having them lose, beating them means nothing. And yes, it's AJ freaking Styles, and he will always be popular off the name alone. But if I'm beating AJ Styles, it's like, okay, well, so did that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, definitely that guy. I think that guy beat him like five times, so it's not that special. We've all done it. Whipty freaking do. So finally they give him a win. Um, And plus, I felt like if they were going to have him lose as as much as they did, we should have broke up AJ and Omos at this point. So if you're not going to do that, he better start damn near getting some wins. Yeah, so that, do what they did last night. Yeah. Uh, so let's ask that question, both of you gentlemen. McCarthy, I'll start with you. Is it time to break up AJ Styles and Omos, or is it, or do more of what they did last night? I think it may have run its course. Omos and AJ Styles was a really good pairing at first. They're not terrible. But I think we need to see what Omos can do on his own. Even though in that six-man tag on Sunday, he nailed Kofi with that overhand chop, we need to see what Omos can do on his own at this point to see if he's the next great big man or just another big man. They need that feud, even if AJ ends up losing the feud, which he shouldn't, but they need to move on from this and... Give them both something else to do. I I don't actually think at this point it's time to do that. I think you have to get AJ Styles back in the win column a little bit more because of the point that we just made. If Omos beats him, if they have a feud and Omos beats him, or you know AJ Styles somehow beats him, it doesn't mean as much. Which I think if you're going to have them two fight, Omos needs to go over. Because he needs to just flat out demolish AJ Styles to be credible as a monster, even though he's done it pretty well in tag team action. I want to see Omos just absolutely demolish AJ Styles, but I need AJ Styles to look like AJ Styles first. So we need to build up to that, and then we can do it, pull the plug, and have these two just beat into each other. Because at some point, I want to see Omos face some other guys. I want to see him face Drew McIntyre. I want to see him face Keith Lee. I want to see him face Bobby Lashley. Because I think he can do well in those kinds of matches, but he's got to step out of the shadow of AJ Styles first. I want to see Goldberg try to jackhammer Omos. And break his freaking neck? Good, and then you can go to Kurt Angle for advice on what to do with I'm a, bro- with a broken freaking neck. Oh, I, I don't act- I bet Bobby could do it. You think you think Cena could AA him? Yes. Yeah.
Oh, hey there, Bruiser Nation. Raise those anchors and get ready to wear the official merch of Bruiser Nation Productions. Visit BruiserNationProductions.KenCustom.com and show the world your love of the Bruiser Nation as you go about your day in style. We have Bruise Cruise Podcast and to the turnbuckle tees, hoodies, jackets, shoes, bags, and even pillows. You heard that right. Pillows. That's BruiserNationProductions.KenCustom.com. Once again, BruiserNationProductions.KenCustom.com. And remember, Bruiser Nation, stay good, because I'm always good. Snapper, otherwise known as my superhero name, Hot Wheels here once again to tell you about the Cosmo Walk Run Roll 5K. Saturday, October 16th, we are less than a month away from an incredible event. I really hope that you guys will join us. The link to register will be either above my head or below me. Register, sign up. It's $15 for family and teams. You can create your own team. Bring your friends, bring your family, have a fun time, or it is also $25 for individuals. All that information will be on the screen. Join us October 12th is the last day to register online, but do not fret because you can still register the day of the event, so no excuses. But I do hope that you all will join us because it's going to be a super time. That's right, I made that joke. It is going to be a fun time though. We get to do it live and in person this time. Last year we had to go virtual, but this time, live and in person in McNamara Park. I can't wait to go back there. Can't wait to see all of you once again. Some old friends, some new friends. I'm looking forward to it all just to get back out and get back with all of you to have an incredible event. It's the 15th year anniversary of the Cosmo Walk on World 5K, so you know we're going to go big. We're going to go crazy. We are going to go super. We are also looking for sponsors though. You have until September 30th if you are looking to sponsor. I will leave all of my social media above my head. You can also reach out to COSBA, Central Ohio Spina Bifida Alliance on their Facebook page, on their Twitter. They also have an Instagram account. I will leave all that information as well, either above my head or below me at some point so you can reach out to either myself or to Cosmo if you are looking to sponsor. We'd love to have you. We had a lot of great sponsors last year. We look forward to all of you that are willing to sponsor this year. If you can't sponsor the event or you can't go to the event, if you can't register or if you just can't make the event, there will also be a donation page that you can go to. If you go to the link to register, there should be a donation page that you can donate whatever your heart desires, whatever you possibly can, just to help out Cosmo if you are still looking to do so, if you can't make the event or if you can't sponsor. 
anything's acceptable. Everything is greatly appreciated when it comes to donations. So we thank you no matter what you donate. You are very much appreciated. But again, we hope you join us. I hope you join us again Saturday, October 16th. You want to be there. It's going to be a super time. I know I've said that word a few times already. I'm going to keep saying it because it's fun. But it will be. It'll be an incredibly super time. Dress up as your favorite superhero. Get out of the house. I know a lot of people are looking forward to, looking forward to doing that. Meet up with a bunch of friends. Make some new friends. And again, just have a super time. Welcome back, everybody. We just took our final break of the evening. This is To The Turnbuckle presented by Bruiser Nation Productions right here on Heel Turn Wrestling on Facebook, also cross-posting on Score On Air, as well as our own personal Facebook, To The Turnbuckle. Give us a like, give us a share. Speaking of Heel Turn Wrestling, you know, if you want to see our, our merch on Pro Wrestling Tees, go to Heel Turn Wrestling on Pro Wrestling Tees, pick up a shirt or two there, buy that company logo, that sweet, sweet company logo. And the more shirts they sell, the more they can add on. If they sell, I think, two more shirts, they can add more. So if you can just do buy two T-shirts, then you can see our beautiful mugs on Pro Wrestling Tees. All righty. Let's talk a little NXT 2.0, and then we'll talk AEW Grand Slam of all forms. All right. Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker defeated Pete Dunne Rich Holland. Mr. Napper, what would you think of this? I thought it was, in the words, good old JR, this was a slobber knocker. I thought it was really good. I really did. I thought, I thought it was a good tag team uh, with uh, Braun and Ciampa. You know that you're going to get a brutal match when you've got Pete Dunne, Rich Holland, and Tommaso Ciampa in the match. Oh, and by the way, we get one of the Steiner's kids. Yeah. Um. Thank you. This is a this is a dream match I didn't know I wanted, but now I'm glad I got. Because hey, we got to see a Steiner kid beat up Pete Dunn and Rich Allen. Sweet. Take a little bit more of that. Yeah. Uh, I think he had a what, thirty three and one third chance of beating his ass? Thirty three and one third chance. Yeah. But then you take his sixty six and two third percent. All right. All right. We're this, gonna keep beating that joke. Mr. McCarthy, did you watch NXT 2.0 or not? Uh, I saw this match. I McCarthy. Stuff during the week. Oh. I'm here. What are you talking about? Okay, now what I hear you. Did you watch NXT yeah, 2.0? Yeah, I saw it. What would you think of this? Was the be- this was the best match of the night. You hardly ever get a bad match with Tommaso Ciampa. You know, seeing a Steiner... Is nice, even though they're not telling us that. I've read a few things as to why. I guess I get it, but I still think they should use the name regardless. Elaborate. What did they say? Um, Something to do with not wanting to give Steiner any extra publicity to the point they want to separate him from the Steiners. Not that they have an issue with Scott Steiner because it is his decision to not be in the Hall of Fame, and it's Rick's son. So I guess I really don't get the reasoning behind the name change. It just kind of is. Well, 
Because Scott hates WWE. Scott, I mean, hates him for some reason. I I don't know. Yeah, that's why he doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why. Those damn drug tests. Holler if you hear me. Uh, Holler if you hear me. I I, I like Scott. I respect Scott. Uh, I don't agree with his opinions on WWE or Hulk Hogan, but but I respect Scott. I like. I Scott. love him as a math teacher. Yeah, greatest math teacher, like Einstein. Uh, look, I thought this match was great. I, if they keep booking Braun Breaker, Breaker this way, the name's not going to matter. Nope. He can, and, and the one bright side of that is as stupid as the name is, maybe he can kind of forge his own legacy. Because let's be honest, there's certain second-generation people that, that are... Charlotte Flair can be as great as she wants to be. But even if she is better than her dad, she'll never be better than her dad. Because her dad's on the Mount Rushmore. And so maybe in some ways for Braun, that would be a, a bright spot. If you don't really, because you don't have that name on TV, it's harder to have those comparisons. Maybe, I'm just saying. All right, Roderick Strong defeated Kushida for the NXT Cruiserweight title, the Diamond Mine. Yes. Mr. McCarthy, what did you think of this? I thought it was great. It's a much-needed title for the Messiah of the Backbreaker, Roderick Strong. And hopefully this takes the Diamond Mine to the next level to where Roderick Strong can be what we always knew he could be. Like, he wasn't bad. He never has been. But he was outshined by Adam Cole. But who's not? So that's not really a knock on Roderick Strong, but I think we're going to start to see the Roderick Strong we've been waiting for because Adam Cole is not there. Look, Baby. Let's hope this gives Roderick Strong the shine on the apple that he needs for NXT 2.0, and maybe this... Let's hope it goes well enough that we can at least talk about it and kind of compare it to the Undisputed Era. It won't be better, but I hope it goes well enough that we can be like, boy, he had two really good runs. Shine on the apple. I've never heard that before. we got to put some shine on the apple. All right, Electra Lopez got a victory. What do you think of her debut, Mr. Napper? I thought she was legit. She looks like she could kick anybody's ass, um, which is kind of unfortunate because now I kind of want to see her on the main roster already because <laughs> I'm just picturing in my head some of the feuds – she could have um, patience, my friend. Please. I know, but man, I'd love to see her with like Shayna and Becky and Charlotte. Okay, I'll stop daydreaming now. But I, I like it, but I don't particularly like the feud with Hit Row because to me, like. I, I know this is going to sound stupid because I'm going to say that it should be credible between the two of them, and I feel like Electra Lopez could snap B-Fab in a millisecond. But then again, I also watched Rey Mysterio kick the crap out of Big Show. So I guess I can't be mad, but I've also seen rumors, actually, that Hit Row is maybe getting called up. So maybe we don't see the f- conclusion of that feud. Don't know. Yeah, maybe Vince is like, man, I like that hit row, pal. They do seem like they fit the main roster style a little bit better. wonder if he's just walking around, and now you know, hit row. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't even know where I would put them. 
Probably on Raw. Raw. Just to be filler. Yeah. Hero. But I, I like I like Electra with Legato de Fantasma. I think that's a good a good faction. It's getting on even better. So let's see where it goes. I would actually, you know, one of the other matches I wouldn't like wouldn't mind to see. Her and Raquel Gonzalez. I think that would be a legit match. Because I'm, they're they're both strong women. I'm hoping Frankie Monier gets the uh W. I am too. I am um, too. But I mean that still would be a good match, I think. Mr. McCarthy, any thoughts on the debut of Electra Lopez? And then what'd you think of Toxic Attractions Challenge? I like the uh, the Toxic Attraction Challenge. I think it's a smart move to really put Mandy Rose in a different type of role where she's changed her look, she's changed her attitude. I think it can only take her to a higher ceiling. I think Electra Lopez has a lot of promise, and we just need to be patient and see where she goes from here. All right. So uh, any, do you have any thoughts on the challenge where we get to AEW? Uh, I mean, well, not, not. It's good that they challenge for the tag women's tag titles. Mm-hmm. We need to have someone else in that picture to elevate it because they haven't. It's been hot potato since they started those titles, and they really haven't given any meat to a lot of these storylines. What the the longest title holders was what Natalia and Tamina, and that wasn't even that long. And that no, because actually that's a different title. Remember, there's two women's oh, yeah, titles they now. The ta- yeah, okay, yeah. so that's fair. Yeah. So actually, the point. longest so, yeah. one for that title was probably K. No, it was um, Shotzi and Ember. Ember Moon. All right. Which, uh, by the way, where the hell is Ember Moon? <laughs> she uh, just wrestled on 205 Live. Did she? Yeah. Uh, Probably getting a call up. I would think so. I think she. I think she's going to Raw. But we'll see. That's cool. I'm good with that. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Ready to talk some AEW, boys? No. Are you ready? No. Yes, of course. Always. All right. I was scrolling through the news. I was scrolling through the news. You know, getting things prepped. Getting things prepped. Anybody see CM Punk rip Hulk Hogan yet again? Carly, did you see that? I mean, I saw it on my rundown. Say it again now. I saw it on my rundown. Yeah. Oh, see you, Puck. Rip Talk Hogan one more time for whatever reason. Nice to know that you still don't care for him. Not not that I would expect him to. It's just that, you know, I I don't. Those are the kind of things that we would criticize Hogan for. Because we we talk about back in the day, Hogan be all talking bad, stealing people's spots. Now seeing Punk is all of a sudden... Is it me or has this man become pretty full of himself lately? And he kind of is like, look, I know that Hulk Hogan's got his problems, and I know that Hulk Hogan ain't perfect at all. But like, look, Hulkster's having trouble just getting around these days. Can we can we leave him alone? Like, let him. Speaking of Hulk Hogan, where the hell is he? Where is he? Why ain't he been on TV? McCarthy, you got any thoughts on that? Why the hell ain't Hulk Hogan on TV? Because nobody cares. Well, I'm just saying we try. We try to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Time. You would think that they would you know, have him do an interview from home. I was just being facetious. Either have him do an interview from home or do something 
because he's not person non grata, especially at this point with everything that happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And as, as far as the CM Punk comments on him, was it probably out of line? Because I don't feel like the question that was asked was in regards to Hulk Hogan solely because he's not the first or the last guy to hold people down to maintain his spot. But I do think I'm going to give CM Punk the benefit of doubt and just kind of in the subject matter, that part just came out because that's how he feels. I don't think it was I don't think it was his goal in that interview to take a shot at Hulk Hogan. I think the subject matter that put this first paragraph in his brain and out of his mouth brought up his true feelings of Hulk Hogan. All right. Well, you know, I guess I can, you know, I know they don't like each other and that's fine. No, you know. You know, Hulk Hogan's one of those names, whatever. You like him or you don't. But I'm just like, man, come, who cares? Like, Hulk's, you know, struggling and to get around and do those things and just let him be. If you know, does that make sense? Like, uh, I hope to see him on TV again sometime soon. It's been a while, been since WrestleMania. And, and I know that I, I know, I know I say he's struggling to get around and he is to some degree, but for God's sake, give him a cane, let him go out there, whatever. Who cares? Uh, like at this at this age, like he doesn't have to walk all strong and stiff. Like who cares? Uh, so we we trotted Flair out there every other week when he was still signed with the company. Like, well, where where's the where's the Hulkster? And I know that certain towns wouldn't want to see him, but there's a certain down south population that won't care. Uh, there's a certain he's still getting a big pop there. Look, you stick Hulkster in Mississippi, it's a huge pop. And frankly, if you stick Hulkster in Florida on a regular roll, he'll get a huge pop. Here's what WWE didn't account for, and then we'll move on. They did not account for all the people that come from other places for WrestleMania. You stick him on Florida on a SmackDown roll, he gets a huge pop. Just saying. So let's get Hulk Hogan back on TV. I miss the big orange son of a... So, I miss him. You don't think he's, like, falling out of the company again, has he? Is he still signed, to your knowledge? Uh, has, has, he, has he had another issue? Are he and Vince fighting again? Probably. Uh, like an old married couple. I don't know. That's what Bischoff says on 83 Weeks. He goes, Vince and Hogan are the biggest married couple I've ever seen. Because they just bicker, and then they decide, all right, it's fine. Okay, let's talk some dynamite wrestling. And CM Punk... Leave Hulk Hogan alone. All right, go do your own thing. Try to even approach his legacy. All right. And I love CM Punk, but come on. Just just move on. Let it go. Let it go. You're working at a different company. Now if, he, now, if he limps his big orange ass in AEW someday, if he if he somehow immerse, if Tony if he works that voodoo magic on Tony Khan right here, brother, then all right, let's talk about it. But you're at different companies now. All right, let's talk about Grand Slam. Kenny Omega. Versus Brian Danielson ended in a draw. And here, McCarthy, I want you to circle this, mark it down. This was amazing. And it included Kenny Omega, and he deserves a ton of props for that. Frankly, I'd give him more props than Danielson, because Danielson hadn't been in the ring in a little while. So I got a feeling Kenny Omega carried that thing and made it happen. I... I love that it's a draw. I understand what people, some people are frustrated for it, but making you salivate for it, making you salivate for the real finish. Uh, so, yes, they did. Can't say that. <laughs> can't, can't say that. But 
Hold on, let me mute your mic. <laughs> <laughs> but they did do a certain thing where they get you all ready to go, and then you don't quite get what you're thinking you're going to get. We've been there, fellas. We've been there. Yes, I have. Uh, <laughs> but, man, I understand it, because to get the big-time kaboom finish you're looking for, you got to have it on pay-per-view. You got to have that where you pay your 50, 60 bucks and you watch these two put on a clinic. And I'm telling you now, I want it in a 60-minute Iron Man match. I'm telling you right now, give me more of this. I'll go watch it in a theater and eat some popcorn. McCarthy, thoughts on this match? This very, I'm, this very, I see, I can't even talk right. This very well may be the first time that you and me have ever 100% agreed on anything that is dealing with Kenny Omega. He did lead that match to how good it was. I don't think he carried Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. I still make that mistake too. But if it wasn't for Kenny Omega, it would not have been at the level that it was. 100% agree with the Iron Man match stipulation. I'd go to a, I'd go to a theater and watch it. It's and it's perfect. And it, it, it this is the thing that AEW does. I don't understand the AEW fans that are mad. Every 8 months or so, they've done one of these with some of the best in-ring performers in the industry. And it makes you want more. That's exactly what they did. You can't give this away for... You, you can't drop the title. Or you can't have Brian Danielson lose a title shot on TV. You can have him go at it and try to find out who's the best in the world. And then realize that a half an hour is not enough time to decide between these two. But you can, on pay-per-view, in an Ironman match. And you know what? Let's just wrestle till two in the morning. Let's be crazy. Two hour Iron Man match. Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, full gear. I'm booking it now. If I had Tony Khan's number, I'd call him and ask for it. Uh, look, from, I, from beginning to end, from from the nearly five minutes that they didn't touch each other and let the crowd go insane to the very end of the draw ending as they're slugging it out was wrestling perfection. Look, I, I can't disagree with you. As much as I'd love to, to rip Kenny Omega, and I'll find a way to do that next week, but I can't do it here. These two need to have an Iron Man match of all Iron Man matches at full gear, and let's get it on. I'm, I'm talking about the last hour and a half of their marathon pay-per-views. They're like WrestleMania every time. So long. They, they <laughs> the last hour and a half needs to be these two just going at it. Like I wouldn't even be kicking. mad if Dan, if Danielson beat him and it, and they messed up the whole Hangman Page thing. They, mm. Those two are so good together that it wouldn't even be that terrible. I think I, if I don't think I'd feel that way if anybody else beats Kenny, but if Brian Danielson does, I don't think I can be mad. Mr. Napper, thoughts on this match and thoughts on those comments by the AEW fanboy himself, Mr. <laughs> McCarthy. 
I, I think I would still be a little bit frustrated because they built up that story for nothing, and we've built that story up for a year. Well, mm-hmm. but to be fair, to be fair, he took the leave. He took the leave of absence. They didn't push the storyline to the side. They didn't say, "Okay, this isn't working. We're going to go with something else." He took a leave of absence to be with his family. You can't control that. So you can't really fault AEW for pivoting. I'm not going to fault him. I just don't. I I think you can find ways to keep it going until we can get that match. And I think that's. I mean, not if he's not on TV for four months. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to be gone that long. He's been gone for three already. And he could come back next week. Who knows? Uh,. But you kind of just made my point. He's been gone for three months, and they found a way to get around it. So it could still work. And I, like, I'm not, I'm not overly upset if that's the way they want to go about it. If he beats him, he beats him. I would enjoy it. Um, but I, I do kind of want to see Hangman Page, Page get his due. As Dude, far I as the actual too. match goes, like you guys said, there's not much else like I can really say that you guys haven't already said. That was probably one of the best matches. I've seen on AEW programming because it was just flat out from bell to bell. Amazing. Both those guys in the ring are incredible at what they do. They're very gifted and they made a masterpiece. Was it the best match of all time? Maybe not. I'm sure you could find a couple things that maybe were a little bit. Yeah. Like you said, you know, Daniel hasn't really been in the ring or Brian. Sorry. (laughs) It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. It is. Uh, I know Brian hasn't been in the ring very long, but like you said, Kenny seemed like he's carried him in that match at least a little bit. You or you would assume that he did because Brian hasn't been in the ma- in the ring. For, I mean, they even pointed out he hadn't been in the ring for, what, 145 days or something like that? Um, so th- there was bound to be some ring rust in there. And I, I did kind of notice that a couple times in the beginning. It did seem like a couple of the spots they either mistimed or just were a little out of position. But I, I wasn't going to get on their case about that, and I'm certainly not going to now uh, because the match carried itself throughout the entire rest of the show. And I, I was surprised it went as long as it did because I um, – I was working on a few other things a little bit while it was going on, but still paying atten- enough attention to it. But I looked at the clock. I was like, man, it's still going on? Jeez. But I was, I didn't care because I was still engrossed in it. It was like, wow, they gave them a half hour. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't wait to see where they go from here. I would like to see Brian beat him at some point. Maybe not for the title, but, yeah, give me more. Take my money. All right, MJF defeated Brian Pillman. Thoughts on this match, Mr. Napper? I thought the match was good. I did. Um, the interference with... Julia? Was I muted the whole time? Oh, well. Julia? Yeah. I, Art? I was okay with that, but as Yeah. It didn't really do anything for the match. I don't know. I expected a little bit more aggression out of both of them. Like, yeah, they beat the crap out of each other, but 
I was kind of hoping this match had a little bit more aggressive side to it. I, I know we sometimes give them crap for blood and everything like that, especially me. Um, and I'm not saying they should have had somebody bleed, but I'm just, fine with it. I would have been okay with it in this in this scenario, but I, I don't know. I expected a little bit more aggression, especially out of Pillman, but I thought he looked good. I I definitely can see him being a star in the singles division, at least at some point down the line. Mm-hmm. So it did its job of getting him over. Um, but, th- again, the question becomes with MJF, what the hell do you do with him? And what do you do with him now? Because here's a question that I didn't think I was going to have to ask. Is the pinnacle even a thing anymore? It's a good point. It's a fair point. Fair question. Everybody's doing their own thing. Spears is doing his own thing. FTR is doing his own thing. MJF is doing his own thing. Tully, at this point, is doing his own thing with Sting. Do we even have a pinnacle any, anymore? Mr. McCarthy, uh, respond to that and then give your thoughts on this match. So I'd have to say that that's a fair question because you're not getting out of the members or former members of the pinnacle wherever they're going with this the same as you get out of the inner circle. Like they're still sporting the inner circle gear, they still support each other. They're all just in different storylines, and if that's what they're doing with the pinnacle as well, that's fine. But they're not telling us that that's what's going on, and I think that's where the disconnect is with that. Where we know that the inner circle are still friends, and if it comes down to it, they're all back together hanging out. But with the pinnacle, there's no rhyme or reason as far as are they still a group, are they still friends, other than the common denominator of Tully Blanchard managing FTR and Sean Spears. That's all we have right now. Like, none of them have pinnacle gear on. So you you really can't... That's a fair question that I really don't have an answer for. I'd like to say that they're still a group, but that's not what it's showing. It seems to me that, and this will kind of go into the match, that... MJF and Brian Pillman are not done. I think Pillman really does. Travis hit it on the head. He was he was way too passive for the promos that MJF was cutting leading up to their match. Was he not doing anything? No. But there was a level of violence I expected from Brian Pillman Jr. after... The promo to his mom and family. The promo to his dad looking down, insinuating that Brian Pillman Sr. is in hell. Like, that required some real violence and intensity as a response. And yeah, he there was some intensity there. You could tell Brian Pillman Jr. was pissed. But it wasn't the level that I expected. But I do think that this feud with MJF and, and Brian Pillman Jr., will not only lift Brian Pillman Jr.'s star, but be the necessary break we get between MJF and Wardlow. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I do. I think that it continues. I enjoy the match, but like you guys, I'm like, Pillman, he just insinuated that your father is rotting in hell. Like Break that, out a steel chair or something. Like, Beat the shit out of him. This is no longer about winning a wrestling match. This is a fight. Like, he has talked crap about your living mother, 
and he's talking crap and uh, said, your father is in hell. And he got in the face of his pregnant sister, too. Like, like and, and he's still kind of green. I don't, don't want to be hard on Brian Pillman Jr. I like the guy. I like what he does in the ring. But he needs to find that switch where you go from pro wrestler to ass kicker. He doesn't I, have that yet. I actually wouldn't even put it on Pillman at all. Maybe a little bit, but I put this on, number one, MJF, for maybe not helping him book the match to the point where they add a little bit more. And then whoever the agent or producer or whatever of the match was for not thinking about that. Yeah, but it's at the end of the day, it is Pillman's job to show the raw emotion. That's fair. That's fair. If he'd have shown more emotion in the ring, we wouldn't be having this conversation. All right. We'd well, be talking about the match, not what was missing from it. All right. Well, we will chat about it more, but we have to chat in depth about this. Malachi Black defeated Cody Rhodes, but it which fantastic, but it got a little messy. Uh, number one, why the hell is Brandy Rhodes out there? And then she feels the need to roll in the ring and flip him off. Like, no, get out of the way, you glory hound. Get out of the way, and I and I would be as and I feel the same way when Stephanie McMahon rides in Triple H's interest. No, go sit in the back. Go sit in the back. You're not needed here. You're not in the feud. Why? Why? What? I I didn't mind her coming out because in a way she is kind of in the feud. He, I mean, he has gone after the entire Rhodes family. Well, she probably deserves it. But like the getting in the ring and flipping him off thing, like I didn't understand that. Like, yeah, it's a cool moment. It looks cool. It, him, his laughing is what got me to pop because it's like he's just laughing his ass off about it. But it's like, why? Like Cody gets out of the ring and you decide, oh, I'm, instead of checking on my husband yeah. and how he's doing, I'm gonna roll in the ring and flip this dude off because he decided to take a seat. Yeah. Like, what? Why? And then plus, from a kayfabe standpoint, why would Cody Rhodes endanger his wife, who has recently given birth to their child, why would she be out there with that menace? Why would she get in the ring with that? Why? That's a good point. Uh, you know, why? In, why in, on, and there's only one reason. Because Brandy Rhodes has got, got the same complex Cody does. They think they're a bigger deal than they actually are. And he finally got woken up to that when he got treated like John Cena at the Hammerstein Ballroom or Roman Reigns when he beat The Undertaker. Nobody in life wanted to see Cody do anything decent in that match. He could have said, I cured cancer and got booed with that crowd. He got eaten alive. You want to know why? Because he needs to turn heel. He, and, and he's not good enough to be like John Cena and fend off that storm. Mr. McCarthy, why do you believe that Brandy was out there? And and do you believe that Cody needs to turn heel because he's not he can't weather this storm. Nobody wanted to see him win. I I I can't give you an answer on to why she's out like accompanying him to the ring, okay, but like you said, psychologically that doesn't make sense, which is one of the things we praise AEW for is their use of wrestling psychology because Malachi Black has threatened everyone in the Nightmare family. And then you have the, and like Travis said, it was Malachi's laugh 
that made me laugh when Brandy rolled in. She's acting like a heel. Cody wants to hold on to this crazy thought like, yes, I'm a Cody fan. But he's got this crazy thought that that he's his dad and that no one's ever going to boo him or accept him as a heel. And that's 100% wrong. I've been calling for him to turn heel for months. It's time. It's not, not a out. month. Flipping year. Yeah, I was going to say, a year, probably, year and a half. I said months, but yeah, you're probably right. It's probably been a year since I've been asking for Cody Rose to turn heel. It's And now, you know, the New York fans in Arthur Ashe Stadium, all 20,177 of them, made it clear. Turn heel. It's time to accept that people want to boo you right now. And anyone that doesn't want to boo him, here's a quick way to fix that. You remember that stipulation about me not wrestling for the world title? I'm an executive. The hell with that. I'm wrestling for the world title. It's real quick, real simple. I I understand from a personal point of view, he's, he's embraced being the face of the company when it started and wanting to be a hero to kids, probably like John Cena, but he's not John Cena. He's not. And the funny thing is, I don't even really think he was the face of the company then. But to me, Chris he was. But but here's the Chris problem. Chris was. That's is, why they is, brought Chris in. Here's the problem with Cody Rhodes. It, it worked when you didn't have that many stars. You had Cody, you had Chris, you had a few others. Now you've got Kenny Omega that looks like the cleaner. Now you've got CM Punk. Now you've got Brian Danielson. You have the Roman Reigns problem now, or the John Cena problem. And kind of went away when he went part-time. But it's, it's now an issue to where, are you going to continue to make us try to cheer you when everything in this says turn heel? And then here's the kicker. If he turns heel, he's going to get cheered like hell. He's going to get cheered like hell the moment he turns heel. But yeah, it, it was a year because we were all clamoring for it with the Brody Lee thing. And yeah, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Look, I, I, maybe it wasn't the. I, I swear it was the Brody Lee it was. story. It was because we I wanted him was. to turn because yeah. Dusty got or interrupted him or tried to save his face or whatever. That was when we thought he should turn heel. That was a year ago. Like it, it just. I don't understand, especially because Cody's so smart. Cody's so smart, like. What are you doing? Get out of your way. Just do it. You can always turn face again later. But just do it, brother. Just do well, it. Well, exactly. Yeah. And, and like, you guys brought and up a he good was point. Never, and he was never a Hogan-level baby face to where Hogan was, was had very trepidatious about turning heel for the NWO. Because, yes, he was starting to get booed, but he was like, I was like the most overface ever. So he, did not, he, he, was, he was trepidatious about it. Understandable so. And now he's the best heel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but Cody's never been at that level. Cody's never got the Hogan pop. Cody's never been stone cold. Like, Cody's just, Cody thinks he's a bigger deal than he actually is. Cody Rhodes is the Triple H of AEW. And, the, like, the funny thing to me is, if you watch the work he did up until AEW became a thing, he was healed the entire time. The entire time he was a member, a leader of the Bullet Club, yeah. 
He was in Impact being a flipping heel. Mm-hmm. He was in ROH being a heel. Anybody remember that? Why, when you get to AEW, do you feel like you have to be the purest baby, fla- baby face on the planet? I don't get it. You clearly saw how over you were as a heel in three different companies. But God forbid you go back and listen to that and instead do the complete opposite and think, you know what I should do? I should be John Cena and be the purest baby face I can possibly be because, damn it, I want to be cheered again. Well, when he came out with Bert, like when he came out after the return of Bert Lee and that Superman look, black hair and all that, I was like, all right, turn heel, cool. Like, that was the perfect moment to yeah. do it, too. Like, we all said that. He turned his hair jet black. And you're like, all right, he's going to turn heel soon because he changed his look. Yeah, like that. And instead, it did nothing. And then he literally <laughs> had it for like six weeks, and then right back went right back to the the blonde. So, and then I do have to mention that it's rare this happens, but I can't believe that Cody Rhodes and Arn Anderson screwed something up, but they did royally because you could see Cody go wrong corner, wrong corner, wrong corner, and so instead for whatever they had planned there. So instead of Arn doing the right thing, understanding you're not as young as you used to be, from, get down from the apron and go over. You know, you could yell at the ref as you're walking and then get right back up. Arn tries to walk, go around the apron while still on it and then falls the hell off. And because, because he's got the stank of Cody Rhodes on him, we cheered it. We cheered it. We cheered Arn Anderson, a senior citizen, taking a fall. Think about that. I got it, man. I did. But, and, and one more thing. Like, yes, the crowd has definitely made the decision that Cody Rhodes needs to be heel. But we also can't ignore that Malachi Black isn't a heel either. It wasn't just the hatred of Cody. It was also the love of Malachi Black. Because sure. people love him there. And he doesn't have to be full-fledged face. There's there's a gray area. Austin was in that gray area. CM Punk's been in that gray area. Let Malachi Black stay in that gray area. I mean, he's not in the company uh, in WWE anymore, but The Fiend. The Fiend really wasn't a heel or a face. He was just kind of there. It was whatever fit at that moment. Right. And I, I Malachi is definitely one of those people that could do the same thing. Like... And he did that in WWE. He was never really a full-fledged face. Like, he never, like, pandered, so to speak, to the crowd. He never tried to gain their affection. Pick a fight with me. Like, he always just kind of did his own thing. Like, he can do that in AEW. So it, it doesn't really have to be like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm babyface. Cheer me, cheer me. You just, you know, hey, I'm going to do my own thing. If you like it, cool. If you don't. Cool. I'm just going to do me. All right. We got to move it along. Sting and Darby Allen defeated FTR. Um, FTR deserves a gold medal for this match because they made look, they made Sting look like he was still in his at least his impact days, if not his full-fledged prime. FTR got so screwed by having to take this loss, but they did their job like champs. They made Sting look like gold. They made him look like he still had it all the way. He hasn't lost a step. And we know that isn't the case. And I, I say that with nothing but respect. Mr. McCarthy, thoughts on this match? I, t- 
I don't have anything to say that disagrees with you on that statement. FTR carried this one, saying nothing against Sting or Darby Allen, but it takes a special team to do what FTR did because you can make people look good. But like you said, Sting looked like he was in his prime in that tag team match. It doesn't suck that FTR lost, sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, their heels, kind of their job. They'll get their win back somehow, some way. Maybe not against Sting and Darby Allen, but in some form or fashion, they'll find themselves back in the AEW title picture because of this loss and how good they made the winning team look knowing that they were going to lose. That's what we call professionalism. That was gold. And I loved the NWO gear, by the way, uh, the NWO-themed gear. That was pretty sweet. Uh, you know, playing off of... By the way, that was playing off of Sting's feud with the NWO, led by Hulk Hogan, just just have you know. That horrible individual that ain't welcome to that company, yeah, that's playing off of that. Um, just pointing that out. Just That's a fair point. Um, so, <clears throat> let's. what do you think of that match, sir, before we move on to the main event? I had the same thought as you was where I thought they made Sting look like like he was Sting in Impact. I think that's an accurate description. They made him look like he wasn't 60 years old. So it, it did its job. But again, I, my real thought is just, again, what do we do with Sting and Darby Allen? Are we putting them in the tag title competition? Because they I should. think they should. And especially now, you just beat FTR. You just beat two-thirds of the pinnacle. I can do maybe. (laughs) Two-thirds, one-third, I can do math, right? 33 and one-thirds. Be the team that could be a part of the pinnacle. Yeah. If the pinnacle is still a part of it. Right. So what do you do with that? Like I said, I think think you're right. I think think tag division is it. Uh, all right, uh, Britt Baker defeated Ruby Soho, uh, formerly known as Ruby Riot, for those that uh, that are just tuning in. Mr. McCarthy, thoughts on this match? I thought it was a great coming out party to show what Ruby Soho could really do. Uh, I just wonder what you do with her now. Thoughts on the match? I thought that the match was great, uh, especially seeing as how she was off for so long, and those two have never wrestled each other. Were there a couple of missteps and maybe a lack of chemistry in a few spots in this match? Sure. But that's going to happen with two people that have never wrestled each other like this. To have the match that they turned in for the AEW Women's Championship on a main event on one of the biggest Dynamites ever just because of where it was and how many people were there, mm-hmm. hats off to both of them. You, you, There's not a lot that you can say that's bad about this match. They told the right story. I don't even know who Britt Baker's going to lose to, but it wasn't time for Ruby Soho. That's why I kind of didn't want her to to win the title shot anyway. Could have given it to a younger up-and-comer and had Britt Baker beat her. I get it. it. It's a big marquee matchup. Ruby Soho's first singles match in, in AEW versus the DMD. However... I don't think it was the right call right now. I get it. I understand why, but it is detrimental to Ruby Soho, but I don't think this is over. I think they wrestle again at full gear. I hope we see that match uh, one more time. That's how good it was. What do you think, sir? 
If you stuck around after the opening match and stuck around to watch this match, you were in for a treat. I really believe that. I thought it was a very good match. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, McCarthy was right. There was a couple spots. If you really pay attention to wrestling and pay attention to what they were doing in the ring, there were a couple spots where you could tell that they were maybe either didn't have chemistry or just, you know, the timing was a little bit off, which, like he said, it, it can happen whenever you have people that haven't really ever been even remotely close to a ring before. I'm sure they've practiced a little bit together, but I doubt they really got in there together very much um, before this match. So that you got to give him props for at, in the in the slightest because it, it's so incredible what two people can do sometimes when they don't even have one match another belt against each other. So very very big props to not only Britt Baker but Ruby Soho. Um, I have to agree with you. I don't know what you do with her at this point after yeah. she's taken the loss. I don't think it really hurts that much. I mean, you lost to the champion. I. I Anytime anybody loses the champion, I have no issues with it. Keith Lee lost to Bobby uh, like a couple months ago. I had no problem with that. You lose to the champion. Yeah, I understand the way he lost, but people were a little bit upset about that. Bearcat. I think this does a little bit more favor for Ruby because it was such a long match. Um, so it, it doesn't hurt her as much. She put on a good showing. So you're probably just going to have her run the gambit. Maybe face off against Nyla Rose, face off against Chris Statlander, maybe against Penelope, Penelope Ford, if I can talk right. That's about it. I, I could see her getting to a couple feuds. Maybe Penelope Ford, that'd be a good feud for her. I'm trying to think of some other heels right now. but I think Nyla Rose could work. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that could work. I, I think uh, Jade Cargill needs something to do. To that really would do. also be a good one. Uh, but, and, and frankly, you could just work your way through the division to get back to Britt Baker. You could spend these next two months to get back to her at full gear. Yeah. Because wins and losses matter in AEW. Um, I'm talking about in story. They, they, I think it's great that they act like overall wins and losses do matter. They're not just ran, not usually just ran with them together. They've gotten a little away from that. They were really good about it the first six months or so. But I, I've always enjoyed that aspect. They kind of did a good job though with like the Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Like that's not for the title, so we're not. Because a lot of people were worried about that. We were probably yeah, one of those. I'm, I was. And so they've done a good job of that. But, yeah, you're right. Because kind of gotten a little away from it, but not too much. Because, uh, you know, that's totally – it totally felt like Goldberg until they announced, all right, now for the title, because Goldberg can just – he has the ability to just waltz in and, hey, just talk to Vince. I'm getting the belt. All right. <clears throat> Quick update. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts has been absent from AEW TV. Now, Dave Meltzer has you believing that Jake Roberts is ready to kick the bucket. But a new report came out, according to, <clears throat> according to Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net, he underwent foot surgery recently, which is why he was in a wheelchair, and Dave didn't uh, like to dispose that information. Clickbaiter. Clickbaiter Uncle Dave. That's the reason he was in the wheelchair. And he's, he, according to Haynes, the AEW manager had pins inserted into some of his toes. And, of course, he has the oxygen because he has such bad COPD, which he's talked about before. So he does take it out when he goes out and cuts promos. Uh, his doctors have recently cleared him to return to work, according to this report. Roberts could potentially appear on AEW programming as early as this week. If that is true. If, that, if I see Jake Roberts anytime in the next month, Dave Melter needs to apologize. He had people believing that Jake Roberts was on his deathbed. That's disgusting reporting. 
by Dave Meltzer. I can't argue with it. It's disgusting. Because I, I did. I, I, I mean, I, I think I'm the one that screen capped that tweet, yeah. and I showed you guys, and I was like, this is bad. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah, I was, dude, I was so worried about Jake Roberts, and I'm, I'm not a Dave basher. I don't like a lot of his opinions sometimes. We agree on some things in regards to Japan and Kenny Omega. Um, however, this was egregious reporting. This was Bush League reporting. You had the entire wrestling world that does not know Jake Snake Roberts personally believing that he was near death, like Logan said. And that's egregious as hell. And you know what? It's Dave Meltzer. He's never going to apologize. Well, because you I don't got... care how nice people have gotten with him now that they work in AEW, because I know Chris Jericho used to hate that guy or dislike him heavily. But now they're they're on speaking terms. I, I don't care. That's egregious and terrible reporting, even for professional wrestling. Like if it was a storyline, then okay, sure, whatever. He's trying to enhance the story, but it wasn't. This is real life making us think Jake Roberts couldn't breathe properly, even more so than already because we know about his COPD. Well, because here's the thing: you guys know me and my love of nostalgia and my love of Jake Roberts, for that matter. Yeah. You you guys can you guys know me well. You can imagine how upset I was when I read that. You can imagine how worried I got when I read that. Because how often am I clamoring for where is Jake Roberts and Lance Archer? Like I love Jake Roberts. I love what they do. I think he's an icon. I think without him, there's no Undertaker. Because he taught him how to, the psychology of being that character. And for Dave Melcher to not again, if this report is true. For Dave Melcher to not go, he's in a wheelchair because he had foot surgery. He has the oxygen because, guess what, he has really bad COPD. And he still takes it out for the promos he cuts on television. Which, it's not good that he has those issues, but that doesn't mean he's going to kick the bucket tomorrow. Where Dave Melcher had me thinking, as somebody that's got some anxiety problems, I was like, we're about to hear some really bad news about Jake. Like, no, that sucks. If this report is true, and I don't know it is, but I think it is, because Jake tweeted out and said, I'm all good, but thanks for the love. Jake Roberts tweeted that out himself. He said, I'm all good, but thanks for the love. So I buy this report a whole lot more than I buy what Meltzer said. I mean, he had people thinking it was a heart issue because he said undisclosed health issues. Look, if you can't disclose at the very least that they're not life-threatening, then I don't care if you're being a journalist. That's stupid. Well, that, All right. That's the thing. That's not being a journalist. That's like, well, okay, I'm sorry. That's being a 2021 journalist. Sensationalizing like, things. It's for like, no well, reason at all. It's it's crazy too with like, you know, medical things and stuff. Like I get it. Hip is a thing. You can't fully know what's going on with him but from Tell a, me they're not life threatening. Right. That's you should be know. able to at least be able to figure that out. No, I was genuinely upset about it. I genuinely prayed about it. As you both know, I'm a person of faith. And no, I was upset about it. And that's disgusting on Dave Meltzer's part. Uh, Because, you know, Jake Roberts is a human being who means a lot to a lot of people. And even if it wasn't Jake Roberts, even if it was, even if it was, I don't know, QT Marshall, it doesn't matter. You don't want people thinking that a human being is on their deathbed. That's well, it, it, 
It's and especially the 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 last time that someone was under contract with AEW, when it was undisclosed, rightfully so. Yeah, and no one said anything, rightfully so. Including Dave, lost Brody. We lost Brody Lee. So, of course, all of our brains are going to go to that when it's undisclosed because for whatever reason, things don't come out of AEW like that unless they want them to. I mean, the Brody Lee situation is a fine example and proof of that. Even CM Punk said it. That's what made him come. That, that was like the deciding factor of him coming back to pro wrestling and AEW in general because nothing came out from anyone in that company about what was really going on with Brody Lee. Well, I know we got to move on to Rampage, but like I said, depending on what report ends up being true, and we'll find out if we see Jake Roberts over the next week or two, uh, which I hope we do. If that if this is true that it was just this, and Dave reported that the way he does, this is why I don't subscribe to the Observer. Number one, people report what he reports anyway. Number two, some of his bush league reporting doesn't deserve your money. It, it doesn't. It it does not deserve your support. I'm not taking away from all the great things he's done and all the great reporting he's done and, and, and things like that. But he's become this clickbaiter like everybody else, and unfortunately everybody else follows him now. Disgusting if it winds up that this is the accurate truth. Okay. AEW Rampage Grand Slam. I put 2.0. That must have meant that must have meant meant for the NXT 2.0. I typed these late. I typed these really late. Uh, CM Punk defeated Powerhouse Hobbs in in an okay match. It was nothing special at all. I thought it was a horrible GTS. It completely the knee came nowhere close to his face. It looked like Hogan giving the big boot in the last few matches of his career. Um. What do you think of this match, McCarthy? Um, I, I'm right there with you. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but there was something missing from this. Did, did CM Punk make Power Hobbs House look good from the powerhouse standpoint? Yes. Was the GTS terrible? Yes. Should they have finished it with the Anaconda Vice if CM Punk was going to go over? Yes, because. At this stage, CM Punk has never been a body guy. Seven years ago, maybe he probably could have made the GTS look good on someone the size of Powerhouse Hobbs. This is his second match in seven years. And he picks up a guy the size of Powerhouse Hobbs and attempts to do the GTS. They should have finished it with the Anaconda Vice and called it a day. And maybe not even the first one. The finish could have been an Anaconda Vice after applying the first one earlier in the match. But I don't think the finish was correct. Did the right guy go over? Sure, because we want to see this CM Punk Team Taz feud continue because it is entertaining and weird and crazy that CM Punk has no desire right now to climb up the card. But he wants to wrestle all the young dudes. And that, that says something. But I don't think the the overall finish segment was correct. He should have, even if it's a pass-out finish, Powerhouse Hobbs should have been put out by the Anaconda Vice and not the GTS. Any thoughts on this match, Never? Not so much, just that I agree. Um, it would have made, made more of an impact to have him pass out. Because, like, you're, again, you're not a body guy. You're, you're 
pretty small compared to Powerhouse Hobbs, who is a body guy. And let's be honest, Hook is almost bigger than CM Punk. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And so you make that guy pass out? Yeah, that looks pretty good. Um, I, I got pretty much what I expected out of this match. I didn't think it was going to be star-studded, um, especially because, no disrespect to Powerhouse Hobbs, but he's still pretty green. Mm-hmm. So if you were expecting it, because like, Punk still has some rust. So he, to me, I feel like he should have been with somebody that's still going to knock that off a little bit. Powerhouse Hobbs is not that guy because he's still kind of rusty himself. And to be honest, he hasn't really had a match in a long time, it feels like, on TV. So both of these guys are going into a match where they're like, they've not had a lot of time in the ring. And I thought that Punk made a mistake by, um, by tapping Hobbs on the chest, kind of giving the old good job kid. I'm like, you're still in a feud with Team Taz. Let's not do that right here. Yeah, that was ill-advised. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, he should have waited for the back to, yeah. to give him his congratulations, well, you know, which he probably did, but like he definitely shouldn't have done that. Yeah, like but, you said, he's still in the middle of a blood feud right now with Team right. Taz. It's not, it's not like Taker and Sean where you know that Taker's going away for a year after this match where you can kind of go, all right. And like they wait, beat wait, each yeah. other to the point that they respect each yeah. other. Like, no, you should be hitting each other's guts That's right now. Because you're going to see each other next week and still not like each other. All right. Um, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole defeated Jurassic Express and Christian. I don't know why Christian's hanging around Jungle Boy. He doesn't need him. Uh, they're just they're lost in what to do with Christian, aren't they? A little bit. Uh, thoughts, McCarthy? It does almost seem that way. They needed a third because we all know damn well that Marco Stunt is not a viable third member of a team like Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Only been saying that either. to be to be in a trios match. So I think they are a little lost. I think they put him in the right spot though because he can help Luchasaurus learn and he can help Jungle Boy learn. And Jungle Boy is over as hell, and Luchasaurus is right behind him. Adam Cole was the star of this match like he always is. Uh, did, did you guys notice? He got spiked on that uh, Canadian Destroyer, too. That made me nervous. Like, if someone smaller than Luchasaurus would have landed like that, it could have been nasty. But Luchasaurus is so big. But that meant that crowd in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Like, I know Jungle Boy overall is more over than Luchasaurus. But, man, those cheers for Luchasaurus... He is really becoming a very, very good big man wrestler, and Arthur Ashe Stadium showed appreciation for that. And that weird reverse choke slam—that was really cool. And chokes like he's doing a lot of weird, innovative things that you wouldn't think work, but because of his size and agility, they work. I, I agree. I, I just don't know why Christian's there. I, I don't. Uh, I understand for the trios match and Marco Stunt's a mascot essentially, but. But I, I don't uh, I don't like the Christians got to hang around Jungle Boy because like you don't need him, you, you don't need n- neither one of them need each other. Like just just Jungle Boy doesn't need mentor; he needs a push. All right, the man of the year defeated Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. I gotta go to McCarthy first on this one. What'd you think of this? Why is Chris Jericho feuding with Dan Lambert of America Top Team? This go ahead. Um. I don't know why he's feuding with America's top team per se, other than the only fact that Scorpio Sky is in a storyline as a manager because he used to be MMA, where Dame Lambert must be his wrestling manager. Um, so I, I get that. 
because obviously Chris Jericho has seen something in Scorpio Sky for a long time. And they talked about it in the match right before it started. Scorpio Sky was the first guy to pin those shoulders to the mat in AEW against Chris Jericho. And he did it again. Scorpio Sky has yet another victory over Chris Jericho. And in AEW, that's not a very long list. And he's been there from the beginning. So that that says a lot. And I see Jericho and Hager losing this feud. This needs to be the feud where Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page get shot to the mountaintop. Because they are phenomenal professional wrestlers. They're great on the microphone. The crowd bites into everything they do from when Scorpio Sky was a face to booing the shit out of both of them now as heels. Thoughts on this match, Never? Anything? I, I still question why he's in the feud, too. It didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, you know, we, we thought he was going to go off and take off and do Fozzie and everything else and just take a little bit of a break. But now he's kind of in this feud. And it to me, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, it makes sense for the Scorpio Sky, and that's about the only reason it makes sense to me. But it, it just seems like you needed a good hand to feud up against his team, and you chose Chris Jericho. That's about it. And then you included Jake Hager in the mix. Mm. Who was the guy that came in at the end? I don't remember what his name is. He was wearing, like, the – not the suit, but he had, like – Oh, the, who need Jericho in the face? Yeah. Oh, I forget his name. I think it starts with a V. I read it earlier today, too, and I meant to remember it. but I, I almost did a side-by-side with him and Seth Rollins because he looks like the Wish.com version of Seth Rollins. Maybe next week we'll put that on. <laughs> All right, we have to move it along. we gotta got to move to the main event because we're, we're out of time, really. Uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston defeated Lance Archer and Monroe Suzuki. Homicide made his AEW debut. Of course, he's a New York legend. I'll start with you, Mr. McCarthy. What did you think of this main event? What do you think of Homicide being in AEW? Homicide was a really big surprise. I'm kind of excited where they go with, with this. I don't think it's like an extended stay. It's probably going to be one of those come in and out whenever. I thought the match was pretty good. The commercial break hurt it, though. And it wasn't even a picture-in-picture. Picture. It was a full-fledged commercial break in the middle of a lights-out match. When you come back and John Moxley is has his hands duct taped behind him, and you're like, "How did we even get to this point?" I've been watching commercials for five minutes. But other than that, it was a really good matchup. All right, Mister Napper, thoughts on this match? Thoughts on Homicide joining AEW at least for now? Yeah, I was kind of curious if that was if this is going to be a full time thing or if he's just kind of making a one off because it was in New York City. Um. But if it's a long if it's a long term thing, hell yeah, because they still I mean they still sometimes have um, oh what's his name Conan yeah they still have Conan around so hey throw them together woo put him with Problem Powerful yes good stuff pal get some LAX back up in here I'd be a very very happy man if we do that um, I get it they're still in the inner circle but I can still have my LAX fix too yeah why not why not uh. Yeah, I somebody who is either in this match or helped them book this match apparently doesn't understand when you're going to commercial break, 
maybe don't do stuff that kind of is important, like duct taping somebody's hands. Like I went to a WWE show. Anytime there was a break, they turn the lights out or they just have them kind of beat each other up a little bit. Yeah, hit some, hit some, hit some rest holds, brother. Hit some rest holds. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if it would have been picture in picture, I get it because right. they want to be different and they want to make sure you pay attention in picture in picture. But this was a straight up commercial break. And I, I want to say because of the talent involved, especially with Lance Archer and John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki, that there was a communication breakdown between the back and the referee on what type of commercial break that was. I want to give those three the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if I can, but I want to. That's fair. They couldn't have thought it was picture-in-picture. Picture. Uh, but even picture-in-picture, yeah. picture, like, the way... AEW does their picture in picture. It's like so small and side by side. I don't like that. Like I think it's NASCAR does it the way I I want to me. I think it should be big screen on what the action is, tiny screen for the commercial. That's it. I think so too because some of those commercials they play during Dynamite and Rampage are quite entertaining, and I get distracted. Right, me too. Ditto. All right, Mr. Napper. And I have a pea brain, so. Eh. Mr. Napper, before we get out of here, you got some things you want to plug, talk about, and announce. Well, let's start off with the Red Flag Podcast, which you brought up so graciously early on in the show that you can catch usually, I should preface this by saying usually, every Monday from 5 to 6. We are a little bit kind of shaky on the schedule because all of us have lives, and sometimes it's hard, and we can't get our schedule straight because I work at Giant Eagle, and scheduling is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so usually you can catch that Monday five to six, but you can always catch it on our Facebook page. It is there. It is the Red Flag Podcast. Uh, I think it's actually the Red Flag NASCAR Podcast on Facebook. But if you just type in the Red Flag Podcast, you should be able to find it all the time. All of our shows. If you love NASCAR, please check it out. We usually go about an hour, hour and a half. Me, myself, Logan, and Ryan, who you saw earlier on in the show, we have a fun time talking to NASCAR. Other thing that I will plug is the Buckeye Bro Show, which you can check on Thursdays from eight or seven thirty to nine thirty. We talk all things Buckeyes. I know you don't care about that, but check it out with myself, Ryan, and uh, our, our buddy, our Buckeye Bro, Alex. And let's see, I will also plug the Cosmo Walker and Roll. Mm. You saw the commercials. If you didn't check them out, they are earlier on in the show, October sixteenth. You can register until online until October twelfth. But you can still register if you walk up the day of the event. Uh, for individuals, it is $25. For teams, if you want to create a, a team of you and your family or your friends, it is $15. If you want to sponsor, there's two days left to sponsor. Get with me on social media or anybody in Cosba. That's Central Ohio Spina Bifida, S-P-I-N-A, Bifida, B-I-F-I-D-A, Alliance. Check it out. We have a lot of fun this year is superhero theme, so check it out. I get to dress up, have all the super fun that I want. You should, too. It's a lot of fun. goes to a great cause, so check it out. And next week, we're going to do a draft right here on uh, To the Turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. We're going to draft our rosters. I'm going to get these gentlemen. We're going to talk Raw, SmackDown, and XT. We did the kind of Legends and Icons draft. Uh, it, you know, it had modern day, but overall there was a lot of legends involved. This time we're sticking just to the three rosters. Yep. We're sticking just to three rosters. Next week we're going to do that. 
And uh, you want to plug something to do with Shocktober, my friend. So on October yes. 9th. Go ahead, oh, Jason. Oh, yeah, that's you. No, you do no, it. No, go. Go. You, you do, do it. it. I got other stuff to plug. You All do right. it. I, I rolled that McCarthy does it just because Napper talked a while. Okay, that's fair. So anyone around Central Ohio and the surrounding counties, October 9th, make your way to Mansfield, Ohio, for the ever all so great professional wrestling of the ASWA and their Shocktober event, where the tag team titles will be decided tournament style. We will have brand new tag team champions. My buddies, Logan and Travis, hopefully will be on commentary. I may be directing the show more than likely, so I will not be behind the desk. But we would love to see you out there. Show support of independent wrestling. Join in the conversation at To The Turnbuckle on Facebook, To The Buckle on Twitter, Bruiser Nation PR on Twitter, and Bruiser Nation Productions. Don't forget the Bruce Cruise Podcast, the only podcast that brings you pro wrestling for your ears every Thursday at 6 a.m. And I'm sure Logan's got stuff for us, too. Well, I, I would love to be on the call if I'm allowed to be. I was told that it's time for students to start getting those opportunities, and we're not that anymore. So I don't, I don't know. I need your, I need, I need your help. Okay. I mean, he was terrible at it help. anyway. So uh, that's it, egregious. I was amazing. him and those damn status symbols. I mean, just kissing their ass. I mean, it was horrible. Just horrible. I heard. So. We will see if I'm on the call. That will depend on if I'm pretty, really allowed to be, uh, frankly. Like I said, I was I was kind of heavily told, hey, it's time to start putting this to I mean, people. technically for the event, him and I are in charge, so. Huh. And th- well, we're talking about it, boys. Two, there's only two people at the school that have commentary experience, not including you, yeah. is Travis and Ernest. So I, I need you. Okay. Well, in that case, we'll work it out. I do believe I'll be on the call. Yeah, because we can't have people that don't know wrestling on commentary. That's not how wrestling commentary works. Like, I want to give students opportunities. However, they have to know what they're talking about behind that commentary table. All right. Well, in that case, schedule permitting, but I'm I'm pretty sure October 9th I'll be on the call. I'll give you an official confirmation next week as we powwow in the group chats. And next week, we are going to break down a little bit of that show. We're going to break down. We don't know too much about the tag teams, but we're going to do our best to kind of give you a little preview of what to look forward to in that show because we got to do their last show. And if anything is like that last show, this is going to be a doozy. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. I'm looking forward to this. I'll be like morrow in this piece. Okay. With that, I want to remind you, boys and girls. To be the reason that someone smiles today, it's a tough world out there. Mental health is very important. We're still going through this pandemic. So be the reason somebody smiles today. Be patient, be kind, be fair to those who are down. With that, I'm going to go watch NWA Power. We'll see you next week right here on To The Turnbuckle, presented by Bruiser Nation Productions right here on Heel Turn Wrestling. I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it.